2: A free-spirited young woman never
3: makes it home.
4: He was texting her, calling her, leaving her messages, but he could not get in touch with her.
3: It never crossed my thoughts that she could possibly be missing, as in missing, missing. Until one piece of evidence leaves her family
5: fearing the worst. I got a phone call that they had found her car. We found her phone inside. We found her wallet. We found what little cash she had.
6: I knew with my whole body something was terribly wrong.
5: A community
2: bands together to search for clues to her disappearance. You gotta understand, we're desperate now. And friends and family frantically search for answers.
7: I racked my brain to think if there was anyone who might have it out for Tiffany in one way or another.
3: No one literally walks off the face of the earth. Someone always knows something always
2: August 12, 2013. It's late afternoon in Pensacola, a popular vacation spot for beach lovers in Florida's Panhandle. It's also home to Pensacola State College, where 25-year-old artist Tiffany
3: Daniels works for the theater department. She built scenes for them and painted them for their Chicago, was one of the big ones that she really did a fantastic job on.
6: Tiffany uh, was a creative. Uh, she loved anything artistic. She loved painting.
2: After work, Tiffany usually heads to her beloved downtown neighborhood called Long Hollow, the perfect spot for this free-spirited, exuberant artist.
6: Everybody loved Tiffany. Tiffany is a light. That's the best way I can describe her. When you're around
3: her, you just feel like everything gets brighter, more colorful,
6: more beautiful.
3: Tiffany marched to the beat of a different drummer. Artists are different like that. They get perspective out of things that you and I would not see when we look at them. To
2: reflect her love for nature, Tiffany tattooed her feet with seeds sprouting into
3: vines. Those were vines showing that how things start with seeds and grow to be bigger things.
2: Tiffany also lives just across Pensacola Bay from a park called Fort Pickens. She often heads over the bridge in her old gray forerunner to take advantage of biking, hiking, swimming, and camping
8: whenever she can.
3: Tiffany was spontaneous. She she might just on the whim decide to go
8: biking. Sometimes I'd refer to Tiffany as that butterfly girl. She would be talking or doing something. And if a butterfly came flitting by, she'd take off and follow it. The one thing
2: Tiffany does plan ahead are her regular swing and blues dance parties. She's
3: well known in the Pensacola dance community. People love going to Tiffany's house. They could clear out the furniture and dance and go out on the porch. They really migrated over there when she had her
7: dances. I don't remember the exact moment that we met um, but i'm pretty sure i was i was standing awkwardly on the the side of the dance floor all the other dancers wouldn't give me the time of day but she made a point to uh, ask me to dance she was somebody who um, cared about people about everybody
2: but her family thinks that sometimes tiffany cares too much She's in charge of the lease on her house, and they say lately she's been fronting the rent for a constant revolving door of roommates.
3: Most of the time she was too nice, she didn't want to ask for the rent for the utilities when they were due so. We found out she was paying the things up front and then trying to collect from the roommate.
8: Tiffany was the type of person that would avoid confrontation at all costs. She would rather pay than make someone else feel uncomfortable about paying for something they were obligated to pay in the first place.
2: By July of 2013, Tiffany is struggling financially and desperate for some responsible roommates. She posts an ad on Craigslist. 54-year-old Gary Nichols, the father of her friend Noel, responds.
4: He was separated from his wife and he was looking for a place closer to work. My dad saw the Craigslist ad that Tiffany placed
3: We didn't feel comfortable with it because we thought it would be kind of odd. I didn't want Tiffany to feel like she had a father living with her. But
2: unlike most of Tiffany's roommates, Gary can pay the bills. In late July 2013, he moves in. Although he's twice Tiffany's age, the two have a lot in common.
4: They have a lot of similar interests, cycling and vegetable gardening and we're, we're all vegetarians actually tiffany was very welcoming to my dad she invited him to the first party that she threw
2: by sunday august 11 gary's only been living at the house for a few weeks that night he and tiffany stay in to watch a movie together
4: tiffany was preparing to work on spam at the theater that she worked at so in preparation for that they watched monty python and the holy grail i think they both enjoyed having company while they watched ridiculous comedies
2: tiffany doesn't mention her plans for the next day so gary says he's surprised early monday morning when he hears an odd noise
4: around five o'clock my dad heard the door of the house open and close several times and he looked out his door to see if it was tiffany but he didn't see her
2: but when gary leaves
8: for work a few hours later at 7 a.m he notices tiffany's car is gone tiffany was not an early riser by any means if for some reason she had to be at the school at seven o'clock she probably wasn't going to leave till about five till or maybe right at seven o'clock
2: later that morning tiffany shows up to work for her regular shift at the theater But she asks her supervisor if she can leave a little early, and shortly before 5 p.m., she finishes up. Unbeknown to friends and family, she's already scheduled a few days off work.
3: I know that she had a lot on her mind that week, and she had told her boss that she might not be able to come into work the rest of the week because she had some things she had to take care of. That, we don't know what that was all about. At 4.45 p.m.,
2: she clocks out and walks out of the theater. That night, Gary says he's surprised when Tiffany is not home by late evening. She hasn't told him about any plans.
4: My dad, being a typical father, started worrying that night, uh, that Monday, when she didn't come home. He called me probably around 10 o'clock, and he was starting to get concerned because he hadn't seen her all day and he didn't think she'd been back to the house. I, I told him he was overreacting and that she was an adult and that maybe she just didn't want to hang out with him all the time.
2: Gary promises to relax and take his daughter's advice. But the next day, he tries to call Tiffany again and still gets no response. When he comes home to find the power's been cut off, he can only assume that tiffany hadn't paid the bill he calls noel again
4: my dad became extremely concerned and so he asked me to get in touch with tiffany's parents
3: on saturday august the 17th i was here in the house and i got a facebook private message from a young lady named noel nichols and she told me that her father was tiffany's roommate and that he had not seen tiffany since sunday i thought Okay, she's gone with someone and she's just having a good time and she's failed to tell anyone. And I'm going to call her voicemail and say, this is your mom, you know, I need to hear from you and I'll hear from her. At that point, it never crossed my thoughts that she could possibly be missing, as in missing, missing.
2: When Cindy gets no response,
3: she and Noel start working their way through Tiffany's network of friends. And she just started calling, and I started calling and messaging people. Everybody assumed she had been with someone else, and when they realized that those someone else's we had already called and she had not been around any of them or talked to any of them, that's when they all started getting concerned, too.
2: Cindy's fear turns to panic. It's now been five days since her daughter was last seen at the theater. She calls the police, and the Escambia County Sheriff's Office sends officers to her home.
3: We went over everything. We talked about all of her friends, who I had called, what we had done. But to Cindy, the police appear skeptical. He basically told me, Ms. Daniels, she's 25 years old. She can walk off the face of the earth if she wants to, and there's nothing we can do about it. And which time I told him, you file that report.
2: There's one problem. Tiffany's mother doesn't live within city limits, but Tiffany does. So the sheriff's office passes the case on to the Pensacola Police
5: Department. It lands on the desk of Detective Daniel Harnett. As law enforcement, we're going to investigate missing persons cases as if they're a crime. The way we work those cases is if it's the worst case and we hope for the best. Detective Harnett goes straight to Tiffany's house in Long Hollow to investigate.
2: Cindy is waiting for him when he arrives.
3: I was the first one there, and I opened the door, and we started to go in, and they asked me to step back, which really threw me for a loop. They made me stay out on the front porch while they were gone to clear the house. My mind was going a thousand different ways as to what could they possibly find, and I was just freaked out.
2: Inside, Detective Harnett searches
5: Tiffany's room. He finds no evidence of any foul play. It was talked that she was into camping and backpacking. Well, we found her tent inside of her house. No evidence that she had packed up with the intention of leaving. Back at the police station, Harnett issues a be
2: on the lookout for Tiffany's 1999 gray Toyota 4Runner and alerts the news media. With no sign of Tiffany, Harnett sets his sights on people close to her, starting with a boyfriend who he's just learned left town right
6: before she disappeared. It was the day after her boyfriend left town. The timing was strange.
9: Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's n-o-o-m.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: Tiffany Daniels left work at Pensacola State College Theater on August 12, 2013 and she hasn't been seen since. When Detective Daniel Harnett learns that Tiffany's boyfriend, Gray Thomas, left town the day before she
5: disappeared, he zeroes in on him. Whenever we're working on a missing persons case, we're talking about the possibility of a homicide. In the majority of homicides, the suspect pool are people that the victim knows. Detective Harnett learns that Tiffany and Gray first connected in
2: 2012.
6: Very, very smart, talented guy and works with robotics. And they seem to have a very strong connection and love to dance.
3: He and Tiffany were cute as a button together. We thought this might be the one.
2: But a year into their relationship, Gray got accepted to graduate school at the University of Texas to study robotics. When he asked Tiffany to come with him, she declined.
6: Austin would have been a great town for Tiff, actually. She's very creative, it's a creative town, but she was
3: torn. I think she wanted to be with Gray, but I don't think she wanted to move. It was so funny because she was always wanting to go and travel and travel and do this and do that, yet when it came down to actually moving, she had put her her feet down and said, no, I'm not moving, I'm not leaving.
2: But the relationship was far from over. Tiffany had plans to visit Gray once he settled in, and they agreed to try a long-distance romance. On Sunday, August 11, the morning that Gray is set to leave for Austin, Tiffany throws a farewell breakfast for him with some friends. After breakfast, Gray left for Texas.
4: My dad thought Tiffany seemed kind of down, but she also seemed excited about the prospect of all of the new people and and things she was going to do in Austin when she went to visit Gray.
2: When Tiffany's father, Rodney, learns she's missing six days later, he immediately contacts Gray.
8: I wasn't even considering foul play. Uh, It was very much a possibility that she just decided she was going to leave and drive to Austin. He
5: indicated that he had spoken to her once he arrived in Texas, but he hadn't spoken to her on the day that she went missing. Detective Harnett has to consider if Gray is telling the truth, or maybe he sneaked back to Pensacola to hurt Tiffany. We did ask him to go to his local law enforcement. In Texas and provide samples of DNA in his fingerprints. Gray seemed to cooperate. Um, I don't have any reason to believe that he wasn't cooperative in the investigation. Detective Harnett also pulls his
2: cell phone records, which confirm that on Monday, August 12th, when Tiffany was last seen in Pensacola, Gray was hundreds of miles away in Texas.
5: Is it possible that he came back to Pensacola and we just can't verify it? Sure. All kinds of things are possible, but as far as the evidence that we found in regards to Gray, everything indicates that he was in Texas. Police find no evidence that Gray is in any way responsible for Tiffany's
2: disappearance. However, Gray's departure is one of the problems that leads Harnett to wonder whether Tiffany may have been depressed enough to harm herself.
5: Suicide is a consideration and it is a possibility. We know that she was suffering from changing life occurrences, the moving of her boyfriend, financial problems. Friends and family report that in the months leading up
2: to her disappearance, Tiffany hadn't been her normal effervescent self. Her sister, Candace McAdams, lived in New York at the time, but often called to check in
6: she really seemed like something was really weighing heavy on her or there was a secret or there was just something that was troubling her. Every time I talked to her, I felt like I needed to ask her, are you okay? Tiffany's friend,
2: Terry Strickland, had been away in Arkansas for a year, and he and Tiffany had just started to reconnect.
7: All of the friends who were closest to Tiffany for different reasons, we had kind of drifted away from each other, uh, at least temporarily. And so I I feel like... um, Maybe she didn't have the support structure that she normally would have. And Tiffany, uh, she befriended everybody. You know, everybody knew her. But, you know, to a certain extent, I, I felt like she was always kind of alone.
2: But family and friends say that suicide is out of the question.
3: I think if Tiffany had even mentioned suicide, she would never have gone through with it.
7: That's not Tiffany. I don't believe she would do that. She's not that selfish. You know, she cared too much about the people in her life. Detective
2: Harnett questions whether she may have just run off for a while. But again, family and friends say no.
6: She would not have done something at her own will and put us in that position of worrying about her.
7: Tiffany was a a very spontaneous person, but she was also a reliable person, in my opinion. If she said she was going to be somewhere, uh, she would be there.
2: Tiffany's friends say she had too much to stick around for. She was working on her art. She was planning to visit Gray, and she had a
5: dance planned in the next two weeks. No evidence that she had packed up with the intention of leaving. She had plans for the next day, for the next week, for the next month. It doesn't track to her just deciding to leave everything behind and and walk away. But for Tiffany's family, questions loom. What about Gary Nichols,
2: Tiffany's roommate? A 54-year-old man moving in with a woman half his
3: age is enough to raise questions. I think that Gary was aware of the fact that there were going to be questions, that he was an older man living with Tiffany, and that she disappeared. I think that that had to have been in the back of his mind.
4: My dad was among several people who were brought in and questioned by the police. And he and, and several others were also asked to give DNA.
2: Then, police find evidence Tiffany went home after work the day she disappeared, while Gary was in the house. But Gary
5: says he never saw Tiffany or heard her come in. He stated that he got off of work that day on the 12th at 4 p.m. So it would have put him home around 4.20 p.m. He indicates that while he was home, he was on the phone primarily with his girlfriend who lived out of state and... May not have realized that Tiffany had come home while he was there.
3: In Tiffany's room, the top of her closet, there was about a foot missing of it. Clear through onto the next room. You could throw something through it. I find it hard to believe that you couldn't hear between that room. But he heard her going in and out of the house at 3 o'clock in the morning.
2: But Harnett says it's quite plausible Gary did not hear Tiffany if he was on the phone. On top of that, Gary was the first one to express concern for Tiffany, days before she was reported missing.
4: My dad is pretty confident in our justice system, so he was not nervous. He just wanted to do whatever it took to hasten them finding her and settling the case.
5: He seemed appropriate. There was nothing clear in anything that he told us, so it caused us alarm. Police find no evidence that implicates Gary. When someone does become a suspect, in order to pull certain records, you have to have a reason to pull those records. In this case, she's reported missing. We do not have evidence of a crime.
2: With no real persons of interest and no clues as to Tiffany's whereabouts, her family is losing precious time. Tiffany's friends take matters into their own hands
3: and organize a campaign to find her started sending out social media and they started designing flyers immediately
7: they had a picture of Tiffany uh, a picture of her license plate and car I think that the the tattoos that she had on the tops of her feet
4: we all agreed to look for the car look for her put up flyers and uh, just kind of try to help out in any way we could
2: The next day, August 20th, nine days after Tiffany was last seen leaving her job, her family
6: gets their first clue, and it's an alarming one. I got a phone call from Cindy that they had found her car. I knew with my whole body something was terribly wrong.
2: Tuesday, August 20th, 2013, Tiffany Daniels has been missing for nine days. That afternoon, a jogger notices a familiar car in the parking lot just outside the entrance to Fort Pickens on Pensacola Beach. The jogger happens to know Tiffany's family and gives them a call. Police are notified too. Tiffany's mother says they warn
3: her not to go to the beach. I said to them, I'm going. Of course I'm going. I just knew that when I got to the beach, Tiffany was going to be there somewhere. In my heart, I knew that we were going to find her. And there was nothing that was going to stop me. Nothing.
2: When Cindy arrives at the Fort Pickens parking lot, she recognizes Tiffany's car immediately. There's already an officer there who warns her not to touch it. But no one's going to stop her from looking inside.
3: There was a jug of water a jar of peanut butter. There were clothes. Her purse, her tablet, her wallet, all that was in there. Her bike was in the back.
2: The police have the car towed to the Pensacola Police Department, where Detective Harnett inspects it for evidence.
3: They were able to match everything but two fingerprints, one on the outside door handle and one on the steering wheel. Didn't show up in anything in the database, which just means that whoever those fingerprints belong to have not committed a crime, that they've been entered into the system. That's all that means.
2: Meanwhile, Detective Harnett wants to know how long Tiffany's car has been at the beach. And there's one important key to finding out. Drivers crossing over to Santa Rosa Island from Pensacola must pass through a toll.
5: When a vehicle passes through the toll, every time there's a tag reader that captures the tag of vehicles entering Pensacola Beach. Detective Harnett learns that Tiffany's
2: car was clocked at 7.51 p.m. on Monday, August 12th, about three hours after she left work. But that doesn't prove she was driving it.
3: Now, mind you, it doesn't show a face. It just shows a license plate, so we really don't know who was driving that car.
2: Harnett tries to determine whether witnesses saw her car sitting in the parking lot all week. He soon gets statements from a couple of people who say they've noticed the SUV there, but the statements
5: contradict each other. There's a transient vacationing population that's here, especially at Pensacola Beach during the summers. I couldn't tell you the cars that I passed on the way to work today. So how can they remember a vehicle that they may have casually passed a week before? Unless there's something traumatic about it or special about it or unique. But Tiffany's family won't give up. The parking
2: lot where Tiffany's car was discovered sits next to a popular beach, and there are two large condominium complexes across the street. The morning after Tiffany's
3: car is found, friends and family gather there to do their own investigation. Terry fixed up teams of people. They went out um, and talked to all the people in the condos. He said, question everybody, knock on every door, put a flyer everywhere.
7: People sit out on their patios at night in the morning. There were dozens of people who could have seen something.
4: And we probably distributed 40,000 flyers in two weeks.
7: We canvassed every square inch more or less of the island. We were just coming up empty.
2: One fear is that Tiffany drove out to the beach for an evening bike ride, perhaps went for a swim, and somehow
5: wound up in distress. There was sand still on the bicycle, on the tires and on the frame. Um, but there wasn't sand in the floorboards of the vehicle. She may have gone swimming afterwards, and that would explain why there's no sand in the vehicle
7: itself. My assumption was that she probably went out there that night because there was a meteor shower that night, and that's the sort of thing that Tiffany would do, you know, go out there to think and and watch the the meteor shower.
3: Tiffany's free spirit. She never thought anything bad was going to happen. Tiffany would have gone swimming at night. And at first, that was exactly what we thought probably happened, that Tiffany went out swimming and got caught up and couldn't make it back to shore.
5: There's rip currents, there's rip tides, so there's dangers associated with swimming in the Gulf waters.
2: But Detective Harnett says in most drowning accidents, the
5: body comes back to shore. There's cases where people have drowned in the Gulf have ended up in Mexico or in South America. Typically speaking, though, they do come back.
3: I just kept thinking that surely we would find parts of clothing or something on the shoreline because I just didn't feel like Tiffany could have swam far enough out that would have picked up in that current to carry her too far off. Police
2: search the beach, but Santa Rosa Island is almost 50 miles long, and police have limited resources for a full-scale hunt. The Daniels are in utter despair about what to do next, until someone tells Cindy to contact Class Kids Search Center, an organization dedicated to searching for missing children.
3: We didn't know that there was somebody out there to help us. And that was just unbelievable, because at this point, we weren't feeling that at all.
2: On August 25th, Class Kids organizes a massive land and water search of Fort Pickens and Santa Rosa Island, that includes National Park Rangers, two other professional search agencies, and 250 community volunteers. Many of them brave rattlesnakes and 90-degree heat to do a grid
8: search of the park and the beach. In the open area like that, they take a section of land using GPS with latitude and longitude, and they'll divide it up into sections.
2: With the help of search dogs, the teams walk the sections looking for clothing Jewelry, body parts, any sign of Tiffany, dead or alive.
8: One of the larger groups that was there was a group of firefighters that I worked with. <clears throat> and some of them brought their wives, some of them brought the female firefighters, brought their husbands, and participated in the search. They were there from the beginning and didn't go home until it was over. That really touched me. Ultimately,
2: search teams covered the entire National Park and beyond, mapping every square inch for the record.
8: What you're seeing here are the search areas we had planned from the point we're at now all the way out to the Pensacola Pass. You can see we've had 75 to 80 search areas. Uh, Search planning will review the areas that they searched and if they determine that there's gaps and where they searched there will be a research done of that area there were a few odds and ends of clothing and jewelry and but there really wasn't anything that uh that was of tiffany's that we could identify after that search i did have a discussion with detective Harnett. and he said we don't have a body we don't have a part of a body so that you know in a way rodney that that is a good thing so Let's just hang on to that for the time being. With no proof that Tiffany has drowned,
2: her friends and family refuse to stop looking for her. But when they start to consider what might have happened to her, they face one of the darkest corners of mankind, the world of human trafficking.
8: At that point, we were pretty much resided to the fact that either A, she left with someone, or someone took her.
3: No one literally walks off the face of the earth. Someone always knows something, always.
2: When search teams find no trace of Tiffany Daniels' body on Pensacola Beach, her family suspects she's been taken alive. They are determined to find her, And their best hope now was a Facebook page that her friends set up called Help Find Tiffany.
4: It was almost a full-time job just to answer the messages and comments that people were leaving all over the the Help Find Tiffany page. We had a reach of over 100,000 people on Facebook, and people really seemed like they wanted to help us in finding her.
2: The first week Tiffany's missing... They get a tip from a convenience store clerk who swears he saw her just a few days earlier.
5: So he describes the tattoo that he sees in the picture on her foot. He describes the type of clothing that she's wearing in the picture. So we pulled the footage for the store for that entire day and watched all the footage. That transaction never happens. She never goes into the store.
4: It was very disappointing and also it was the first lesson that people just want to be involved sometimes and they're not necessarily there to actually help.
2: But in January 2014, Cindy gets a tip from a restaurant in Metairie, Louisiana, that makes her heart skip a beat.
3: A waitress was relatively sure that she had served Tiffany and two other women. Another girl, a younger girl like her, and then an older Hispanic woman that was dressed real nice
2: the waitress notices something disturbing about their body language. She
3: said they had their shirts pulled down over their hands.
8: Tiffany was very cold-natured, and it wasn't unusual for her to be wearing a sweater with the sleeves pulled down to her knuckles.
3: And they never looked up. They always looked down. She said it was very odd the way that they communicated. The woman talked mostly for them. Cindy is taken aback when the waitress tells her what Tiffany ordered for lunch. She said, well, she ordered a seafood dish, but she asked me the oddest question. She asked me if that was fish broth or chicken broth. Well, what sounds odd about that is Tiffany and I were having dinner one night, and she ordered a soup that was supposed to be fish-based. And instead, they had run out, and they had substituted chicken broth in it. And she noticed it the minute, because she's vegetarian, the minute she tasted it, So this was very suspicious to me and it sounded exactly like something Tiffany would have said.
2: When the waitress returns to the table, she speaks to the young woman who looks like Tiffany. She told her, you look just like the girl missing from Pensacola. The waitress says they leave the restaurant immediately. When Cindy gets the tip, she calls the restaurant to see if they have security camera footage. But it's too late. It's been taped over.
3: If we had received that tip on the day that she got it, I would have had footage as to who that girl was in that restaurant. And I would know today whether or not it was Tiffany.
2: At first, the restaurant incident is just puzzling. Then, Tiffany's parents read about a woman who was recently drugged and abducted from her home in Panama City, Florida, just two and a half hours down the coast from
8: Pensacola. She was grabbed up, and actually she was being taken to New Orleans. It was two men, and they told her they were taking her to Louisiana for
3: prostitution. As the Daniels research the way trafficking networks operate, they
2: feel like it's a piece of the puzzle that fits. Working with class kids, they learn how traffickers lure unsuspecting vulnerable people into prostitution.
3: They start out with the drugs, and once they get you in control, if you're receptive, and they start weaning you down where you can be functional and you're receptive, that's good.
2: While many victims are minors, the Daniels discover that anyone can be a target.
3: Tiffany's never met a stranger. She's cute. She's happy-go-lucky. She would try a drug if they said it was a nice one. It wasn't going to hurt her.
8: Someone could have just walked up and said, can you tell me how to get to Flounder's Restaurant? And, well, I don't really know exactly where that is. Can you come show me?
4: People had suggested it multiple times on the page, like in comments, like, oh, maybe she's been trafficked. And we were like, that doesn't happen here. We were wrong. (laughs) We were very wrong. It happens a lot because we have a lot of ports. There's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of tourism. And it's very easy to move people around.
2: According to Class Kids, incidents of human trafficking have been reported on Interstate 10, which runs along the bottom of the United States from Santa Monica, California, to Jacksonville, Florida right through Pensacola.
8: The state of Florida goes back and forth being either number two or number three state in the country for a number of human trafficking cases.
5: I don't have any evidence that suggests that that's what happened here, but I'm open to the possibility that somebody could have traveled through Pensacola, come across her, and taken her and moved her somewhere else because we haven't found her here.
2: Sightings of Tiffany outside Pensacola keep rolling in. A woman calls from Mobile, Alabama, just an hour away off Interstate 10. She says she spotted Tiffany hitchhiking with a man.
3: She was just positive it was Tiffany. And she stopped and called the police. And um, one thing led to another, and the next thing you know, Danny is sending two detectives from Pensacola over there immediately.
8: Actually, she turned out to be, she was uh, hiking from, and she was from Alaska, and it was not Tiffany. Similar, but not Tiffany.
3: I was devastated. Every time you get a lead like that and you follow it up, you're just sure this is going to be the one that you're going to find them. You you get your hopes up.
2: As leads turn into one dead end after another, the two-year anniversary of Tiffany's disappearance approaches. Then, suddenly, a chilling new tip comes in.
4: Someone sent us a Facebook message and said that they could lead us to Tiffany's body and the confession of the person who killed her.
2: In August 2015, the two year anniversary of Tiffany Daniels' disappearance is approaching. Even though they believe it's likely she's been trafficked,
3: her family is open to all possibilities because after a while you can search and search and search, but there's just no clues, no rhyme, no reason as to where you're searching or what you're doing.
2: Then her mother gets a Facebook message that makes her blood run cold. Someone named Tammy Sho claims that her boyfriend
3: was responsible for Tiffany's disappearance. She says she had been suspicious for a long time with her boyfriend, and she had found pictures of Tiffany in his belongings and had found out that Tiffany was a missing person.
2: She tells Cindy that her boyfriend admitted he murdered Tiffany and she caught his whole confession on tape.
3: And I said, well, just tell me, what do you want of me? What will it take to get you to give me this information? And they said $3,000 up front, and then they will send me the recording of the confession of the person that harmed Tiffany.
2: Cindy insists she wants proof before
3: she'll hand over any money. Then she sent the MP3 excerpts to listen to. When Cindy gets a hold of the recordings, she passes them on
2: to Tiffany's friend, Noel. I
8: pulled a a backup pistol that I
6: kept in the back of my belt, you know, holster, and I knew it.
1: I fired one shot. She didn't want her to suffer.
4: I listened to the audio, and then I went on Google and searched for different configurations of the confession.
2: In less than 20 minutes,
3: Noelle finds the full confession of Tiffany's supposed killer on YouTube. This was the confession of an officer in Panama City, Florida, who killed his girlfriend. You can hear the whole thing. And at that point, relief hit us because we knew it wasn't true.
2: Cindy says the IP address is traced to Russia, so there's nothing police can do.
3: Extortion is extortion, and that's what this was.
2: After two years, Cindy knows that scams like this are par for the course for the families of the missing. Her friends at Class Kids refer to them as the second
3: wave of predators. You gotta understand, we're desperate now. After two years, we feel like we've done just about everything we can, short of illegal things. We're going to be receptive and open to everything, but please, no. We can figure you out in a heartbeat.
2: For his part, Detective Harnett has been willing to pursue every avenue possible, but he won't subscribe to any
5: one theory about Tiffany's disappearance. An investigation is, in my mind, it works like visualizing a wagon wheel. Each rung is a possibility, right? And then once you start to eliminate those rungs, hopefully you can isolate one rung, and that becomes what actually happened. In this case, they're all still possible. We just don't have valid, credible evidence beyond her vehicle going out to the beach. Today,
2: in the impound lot behind the police station, Tiffany's car still sits. It's been here since it was brought in for testing in 2013.
5: Everything that we found in the vehicle still remains in the vehicle, with the exception of the car keys. Her bicycle is still here. Paintings are still in the car. Her clothing, the work boots that she wore to work that day are still in the vehicle. Her purse. It's kind of like a time capsule. The longer we can keep that intact, the better, just in case new information comes to light that we can use. Harnett admits this case is extremely frustrating for him. In my 14 years as being a detective with the Pensacola Police Department, this case has consumed more manpower hours than any other case that I've worked on with no resolution. The investigation is ongoing, and it won't close until there is an answer. And if there's never an answer, it'll never close. When Cindy and Rodney are not
2: pursuing leads on Tiffany... They spend their spare time working with the Class Kids Foundation to
3: help other families with missing children and tackle human trafficking. We belong to the Club of the Missing. And you don't get special invitations. You can't buy your way into this club.
2: On August 12th, 2015, two years to the day after Tiffany Daniels' disappearance, her family holds a
3: candlelight vigil,
2: lighting lanterns in honor of their daughter.
3: We call it a vigil or the mark. We try not to use the word anniversary because that's a joyous time. We do the vigils to keep Tiffany's name out there and to honor Tiffany. There's a hole in in my heart. I've not been the
6: same since she's been away. I want to share the good times, the bad times, the memories. I want to continue on, you know.
7: She taught me how to open up, how to feel more deeply. She loved me more than um, I deserved. You know, she always gave me a second shot. You know, I always failed her. And uh, I always felt Jesus.
8: (sighs) The thing I miss most about Tiffany is just her smile and her way of trying to make anything funny and trying to make things better. She was probably the goofiest person I've ever known in my life. And, And I just miss that.
2: In the meantime... Tiffany's friends and family are not giving up the hope that she's still alive, probably
6: far from Pensacola. I believe she's being held against her own will because she has a very loving circle around her to come home to and she knows that. If she had an ability to get back to us, she would.
7: If there's somebody out there who has Tiffany or knows where she is, I can't imagine um, a more undeserving victim.
8: Until someone brings me a body or a piece of her body. I'm never gonna give up hope that she's still alive and that she'll come showing up at our door. I write on her Facebook page. I
3: write to her every month and tell her things. I tell her that we're here and that we're not gonna give up.
2: If you have any information about Tiffany Daniels or her disappearance, please contact the Pensacola Police Department at 850-435-1900.